Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we will learn Daf Yudalaf in Maseches Megillah. We are we have begun yesterday, darshaning Megillas Esther, and we're still Vayhi Meachashverosh. So, if you missed yesterday, you can still catch up. Vayhi Bayom. So we said Vayhi Meachashverosh. The Gemara asserted that that anytime it says Vayhi, you can see trouble around the corner because it gave several examples of negative things happening. But now the Gemara is challenging that and. About six lines down in the wide lines in Yudam Beis, it says This was the famous end of the right This is Rosh Chodesh Nisan. It was Tachlas Sabria. We're starting to do Avodas Hashem, the Avoda in the Mishkan, as the Gemara says. Vitanya, we have a Brisa that says It was a joyous day, right before Hashem, as the actual day of creation, because it's Tachlas Sabria. Right? This is why we have creation. Oh. And we also have an allusion to that, uh, to that analogy because, as the Gemara says, Right? So in both cases, we start with Vayihi and uh, has the word Yom. So those days are great. So in both cases, by the way, the word Vayihi is there. We don't think either of them is negative. Why would it be negative? We're going to bring up the days of creation also. So the first answer is, well, Vayiba Yomashmini is tempered because why? Hashachiv Nadaviyu. Nadaviyu passed away that day, and so Vayihi could have portended that, right, calamity. And therefore, maybe that's why it says Vayihi. Okay. Then it says, okay, but Vahaksi, Vayibi Shmonim Shana, Rabamo's Shana. What happened on the 480th year? Well, it's in Malachim Aleph. We're talking about Bitsais B'nai Israel, That was a good thing. And of course, you have to go through how. This is, this is when, uh, we built the base of Mikdash. And so it's 480 years after Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And we're starting to build the base of Mikdash. What could be bad about that? The Haksiv, Vahikashera, Yaakov, that's Rachel. So now we're going to bring more examples. Now we're going to pile on positive examples. Vahikashera, Yaakov, is Rachel. Seeing Rachel certainly was a amazing moment for Yaakov and for all of Klal Israel. So that was a good thing. Right? You could say this for before all, if you remember Simchas Torah, right? Before all of the um, days of creation, we say Vayihi. So is every Vayihi negative? That's what the Gemara is saying. The Gemara says, no. Ravashi is going to come to the rescue and explain. Ravashi, kol Vayihi Any Vayihi can really be uh, dramatic in any direction. However, vayhi be may ain't no elalashon tsar. When you have the word vayhi, right, juxtaposed with the word be you may, and it was in the days, uh oh, troubles ahead. That's always a tell, an indication that you're going to have, you're going to be discussing trouble. Okay, and how many times do you think that appears in the chumash? Can you remember offhand, Barry? Don't worry, we're going to read the next line of the Gemara. Chamisha vayhi be may havu. There was five times. <laughs> In Tanakh, I should say. One is ours. And then, What was wrong with That's in Rus. There's terrible, as we've already discussed, right? The terrible famine uh, that went on. Right? As we've already discussed. These were all um, situations, right? Uh, in, in, in Amrafel and Achaz. As we saw, we discussed these negative yesterday that it had to do with Achaz was when we started, right, uh, 
a, a war, and uh, Ahaz was a terrible, terrible king. The exile and destruction of the first base of Mikdash was Bimeyu Yakim. So these were these were terrible times. Okay. So now those are the five times in Tanakh where it says Vaihibimei, and they're all negative. Fine. Now this was all mentioned by Reb Levi. So now once we mention all these by Reb Levi, we're going to cite other traditions by him as we sometimes do. Right? We, we pile them on based on the Manda Amr. So let's go. Amar Rabbi Levi. I have another tradition, which is what? That Amots and Amatsya were brothers. Brothers, how so? And first of all, who cares? What do we learn from this? So who's Amots, who's Amatsya? Well, Amots was the father of Isaiah, and Amatsya was the father of the king. This is Rashi's explaining. Now Rashi is point, and now we're going to see what kind of brothers they were. They, they were clearly not biological brothers, but they were sort of brothers in arms, right? They were brothers in, and we'll see. Well, actually, no. They were, they were brothers. We're going to see. They were brothers, um, but one was the king, and one was, had a navi. Okay, this is how it goes. And so it was a very, the point is that there was a very, very Hasha family. Let's see. Because whenever you have a kala that is tsanua, when she is in the house of her, right, in-laws, so she goes to her in-laws and she's tsanua. There you go. You'd have malachim and nevim come from her. How do we know that? Mitamar. From Tamar, we see in Parshas Vayeshev, the Tamar and Yehuda, the Pasuk there says, Did you ever think that Pasuk sounds a little bit off, right? Yehuda sees, aside from the fact that it's weird altogether, but Yehuda sees Tamar on the side of the road, and he thinks that she's a Zona. Why? Because she covered her hair. She th- he thinks she's a Zona because she covered her hair? Cover, her, covering her face, rather? Because she covered her face? Covering your face is a sign of tznius. Why would that sign of tznius make Yehuda think that she was a zona? It should make him think the contrary. Elamai says the Gemara, Mishum Well, that's the Kasha, right? Mishum Ella, Mishum Yeah, in other words, it's not because she covered her hair on the side of the road that he thought she was a zona. Rather, because she covered her hair when she was within, in his house and he didn't know what she looked like. Therefore, when he saw her on the side of the road, he didn't know that it was her. That's what it means when it says, when he saw that she, then he thought that she was a zona because she covered her face. Not at the time, but when she had been in his house, she covered his face. Thus, when she saw, when he saw her exposed face on the side of the road, he had no idea that it was her because beves chamea, she had been tsanua. And sure enough, she actually was zochetasi malachim and avim. Zochetaviyatsumimeno malachim and avim, as we know. How so? Malachim David, right? We know that David came out of, as the as the parsha explains, right, out of the whole uh, out of the whole union with uh, Boaz. And Nevi'im, the Amar Rabbi Levi, Nesaros Beidinu Mavasenu, Amotz Ve'Amtiyah Achim Hayu, Nuchziv Chazon Ishayahu Ben Amotz. Ishayahu was the son of Amotz, and so. That's the Masora. And that's why we want to know that they were brothers. They were brothers since Ishayahu was the nephew of Amtsia and Amtsia was a king. And he, like all the kings in Yehuda, was 
right, from the house of David Melech. And so we see that this all came from being Tzanua Beveis Chamea. That was the next tradition. Another tradition for Rabbi Levi. Rabbi Levi, David Mesoras, we have another tradition. Makam Aron Einu Min Hamida. Okay, these are unrelated to anything we've been talking about. But wherever the Aron was, it was like Lahavdil Alpha Avdalos platform nine and three quarters, right? We have a lot of Harry Potter references whenever we talk about the supernatural. <laughs> so it is, it doesn't, it doesn't have any, right, substantial, it doesn't take up any place, right? You go, like we said, the base of Mikdash would be magical, everybody could fit in. Well, the Aron itself was not included in, in, the, in the dimensions. The Kaddish Kaddashim has dimensions, and we'll see. Tanya Namiachi, here's how the Brisa illustrates that. Aron Sheyasa Moshe Yeshla Eser Amos Lakol Ruach. Well, we know that the Aron itself has 10 Amos of space. On each side, okay. And says in front of the dvir, which is the partition, you have twenty amos. It says orech, which means length, but it really means width. Okay. So if the aron has ten amos on each side of width, and the whole thing is twenty amos wide, see, see what's going on? Ten plus ten is twenty. The aron is not taking up any space, right? The wing of each of the Kruvim was 10 Amos. So where's the 10 Amos? Where's the Aron? Right? It stood miraculously, had its own dimensions. You walk in and it's this, so to speak, nobody walks into the Aron. But if you were to walk in, you'd see that it's 10 Amos. And yet there is nothing taking up space in the actual Kaddish Kaddashim. An incredible miracle. What the significance of it, um, you know, is for the, for the Mekubalim um, to explain, but it is uh, a an, an miracle nonetheless. Okay. Because it's fully spiritual thing, perhaps. Okay. Let's get back to the Megillah, shall we? So if you son, so now we're going to have introductions. What's introductions? I was sitting next to Pini Gross yesterday at a Shev Brachos. I had this chus. And I asked him, what are these introductions? Introductions that Amarayim would say that Rashi explains before they would start saying Girsas Megillah. Uh, they would give discourses. Rashi. It's the on the inside, four lines down. Doesn't sound like he's reading the Megillah. It sounds like he's about to give a shear about Mesechus Megillah. We're about to read no more than 17 introductions. No less, rather, than 17 introductions to different Amaraim that they would give before they start teaching Igeris. So I said, Rabbi Gross, what are these introductions? And they said the same introduction each time? And what was the point? Is this like a Milsa de Bidichusa? What's going on? So he said, maybe he thought, he's like, so maybe it has to do with um, a discussion we're going to have later that Megillah Esther, at the time of the Amaraim, it was kind of controversial as to whether it was one of the Sifrei Tanakh. So a lot of these introductions allude to saying, no, this is considered a legitimate uh, Sefer. The irony is, as we will learn, that it, we learn that be Mosa Mashiach, the only thing that will be left will be not Nach, none of Nach, only Chumash and, and Megillah Esther. Only Chumash and Megillah Esther, Lassid Lavo, remain, because Megillah Esther seems like you know, Navi is dramatic. I mean, Gilles Esther is also dramatic, but it's all Nisim Nistarim, as we know, right? Esther, Esther, Esther Panai. So it's Nisim Nistarim, seems like everyday life. 
yeah, that's right. We'll see that everyday life is miraculous. We'll appreciate it. And the Musar of the Nevi'im will no longer be, so to speak, relevant because it'll be the end of days. But the Musar that everyday life is miraculous and Hashem is with you will endure. Okay? So maybe that is alluded to. But, you know, we're not going to be able to fit that to each one of these 17 introductions. But let's, be that as may, it's interesting to see. Let's see what these 17 introductions are. So, We'll start with Rabbi Yonasan. Rabbi Yonasan pasach lepitzchah lahai parshasa me'acha. So that's what we know. That's what Rashi explained. The high parshasa is igeres purim. Okay. How would he? How, what would be his intro like this? It says v'kamti aleim v'icharti lebavel shame ushar v'nin v'nechanuim Hashem. I'll rise up against them. Uh, where is this from? It's from Yeshayahu. I'll rise up against them, and I will cut off from Babel name and relative offspring. Says Hashem. What is he saying? That 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 Megillus Esther is like a realization of this prophecy. Right, that <laughs> we had a situation. We survived, so to speak. Right, we survived Haman, and then we were supposed to come back and rebuild the second base of Mikdash. So we have to right encourage ourselves that whatever happened, it's going to be even afochu. Right, we're going to take away from Bavel, and we're going to and take revenge on Bavel, which is to say, don't think wherever you are in Gullus. Even if you're in Baltimore, don't think that's the end all and be all, right? Or even in Harrisburg, don't think that you're, it's the end, end all and be all. That really, at the end, the ultimate destination is Eretz Israel and to and to come back. And so that was important to mention, right? Just winning and having the the victory of Purim is not enough. You have to act on it and return to Eretz Israel. Okay, that's. Could be what he was alluding to when he was saying that pasuk. We're not going to speculate on each of the 17 because we'll never get to Daf Yudalif, which is today's Daf, which we haven't gone to yet. Okay, so let's see. So just saying, shame Zaksav. So he's, he's darshaning the pasuk. We the level, shame v'nechet. So within it, he's part, he's darshaning the malchus. Shame Zaksav. Shame is their script, or the Babel script, right? Shar Zeloshan. Shar is their language. They're going to abolish their language. And, and we know, we don't know what Babylonia is. Nin is their offspring, the Malchus, their kingdom. There is no Babylonian kingdom anymore. V'nechad and posterity, Zu Vashti. Specifically Vashti, who was the descendant of the king of Babel, Nebuchadnezzar. She's going to be, all of this, there'll be no memory of them, even though it was the prevailing, right, uh, strong kingdom at the time. That was Rebiyonah's son. Number two. It says from the following Pasuk, Tachas ha-natsuts ya'aleh berosh, v'tachas ha-sirpad ya'aleh hadas. Okay, this is also in Shayo. Instead of a cypress, instead of a thorn, we'll have a cypress. And instead of a nettle, we'll have a myrtle, right? Instead of a, a thorny thing, like a bush, we're going to have a beautiful cypress and myrtle. So that which is bad will be replaced with good. What does this mean? Instead of a thorn, it's right? Instead of Haman, who was a Russia that turned himself into an Avodazarah, how do we know that Haman, right, this is all Midrashim. How do we know that Haman turned himself into an Avodah Well, it says, All the thorns and all the, bra- the, the branches, right? It's, it's unclear um, how this is, how this is uh, referring to uh, idolatry, but be that as it may, that's referring to Haman. Yale Varosh, what's the Cypress? Then Mordechai, right? Mordechai replaced Haman. Said, Mordechai Shunikar Rosh Lechol Habasamim. Right, he was the finest of all spices. Right, that's already from, um, that's actually from, uh, Chumash. Um, and how do we explain Mar Dror though? 
says, Umetagaminan Mare Dache. There it is. Mare Dache is Mordechai. That is the Targum for Mardor is Mordechai. And so Mordechai is king of the spices. Isn't that amazing? Okay. Mordechai. Mare Dor. And that's how we understand that Besamim is, is reflected with Mordechai. And so he's replacing Haman. Okay, that's the Cypress. What about the Myrtle? That's going to be, uh, that's going to be uh, Esther. Tachas Asir Pad. Instead of the right, the, the thorny bush, Tachas Vashti Harsha Bas Noshal Nebuchadnezzar Rashta. Right, Vashti was wicked. She was the granddaughter of Nebuchadnezzar who was wicked. She saw for Fidas Beis Hashem. Right, obviously he burnt down the base of Mikdash. Dechsev, Refidas Ozov. Right, the resting place was gold. Yale Hadas. So we know one of the names of Esther was Hadas. Zu Esther Hatsadekas Shinikras Hadasa. She was referred to as Hadasa. Shinemarvai Omen as Hadasa. That is actually straight up from Megillah Sester. There you go. The Omen of is referring to Mordechai, who raised up Hadassah, who is Esther. Ah, Vayala Hashem Lashem. And what does it mean? It should be a name for Hashem. Zumikra Megillah. That's the reading of the Megillah. Laos, Olam, Loi, Kares. And it'll be everlasting. Eli, Yimei Purim. As aforementioned, these are Yimei Purim, which will never be Batel. Good. Second Russia. Now the third. Rabbi Shubin Levi, Pasuk Lei Pitzchol, Ay, Parshas Melacha. Shubin Levi started like this. This is a rough Pasuk. This is one of the most stark Pasukim. I discussed this with Rabbi Gross as well. The Tochacha, it's one thing to say I'm going to punish you, but this is really nasty. Hashem's telling us, just like I partied with you during the good times, I am going to rejoice. Hashem will rejoice when bad things happen. That's... That sounds nasty. What's going on? Ask the Gemara. Forget about if we're doing good or bad. Forget about the fact that we're Klal Yisrael. Does Hashem ever rejoice when human beings fall? Right? We say, right, when it's just talking about but the point is, when, when there was a war, you go out to war, and we say, Right? In other words, usually we say, Here we only say, We leave out the Kitov. Why do we leave it out? Because Hashem doesn't like war, so to speak. He doesn't like when people die. Not even Rishayim. Oh. Okay, uh, how do we know that he doesn't like Mapal Sancher Rashaim? So you might recall this. This is really referring to Kal Israel and the Mitzrim not approaching each other and getting close to each other, right, at the Kriyas Yamsuf. Says the Gemara, Bikshu Shira. They wanted to sing the Malachi Asharis because it was about to be what? Az Yashir. <laughs> right? It's Kriyas Yamsuf. Well, of course you could sing, but Amar Kosh No. I'm seeing the Egyptians are about to drown in the sea. You're going to sing? You can't sing when my, right, Salam Elohim, so to speak, is, is drowning. This is famous, right? This is why we say we don't say halal, etc. Okay. So I'm on every day. So I'm a Rebbe Lazar, who ain't no sas of alacher mesis. So Rebbe Lazar kind of answers, ken yasis doesn't mean that he's happy. He means other people are happy. And videy kanami, it's actually miduyak, right? It's very precise in the Lushan. Why? The Pasuk itself says, right? Says the Gemara, Yasus would mean that he himself rejoiced. 
Yasis means he's going to make other people rejoice. Shmami, no. So I said to Rabbi Gross, really? He's going to be standing in, this, in the middle, just kind of chilling, and everyone else is, is, is happy, and that's how it's going to be when we have calamity? So he said, maybe you could say like this, that in the end of days, we're going to see everything was for good. Oh, all, the, all that we thought was bad and all that we thought was for good, it was all for the good. So that's maybe the reference that how you can understand it. He's not going to really rejoice in that which is really, truly bad for us. But he's going to rejoice in the way that we're also going to rejoice because we're all going to see that that which we thought was bad was for our own good. That's one way to explain it. Otherwise, it sounds really harsh indeed. Okay. Uh, don't worry, Barry. We're going for you now. Thank God Andrew's not here. He'd be steaming. Rabbi Abba Bar Kahana, Pasuk Lepischa. We're waiting you to come back, Andrew, tomorrow. We're, we, we miss you. Rabbi Abba Bar Kahana, Pasuk Lepischa, Lai Parshas Melacha. Okay, here, another Joshua. Like this. The Adam Shetov, the fun of Nasan Chachma Vidas Vesimcha. Zeh Mordechai Atzadik. Right? You should know this is actually from Koheles, that a person that it pleases him, he's going to give him Chachman, Das, and Simcha to show the greatness of Mordechai at Tzadik. The Pasuk continues to say, A person who's a sinner, he's giving him an urge. It's a fascinating idea from Kohelis. A sinner gets imbued with an urge to just gather, to bring in. Just wants more and more and more and more money. More and more and more kavod. Zehaman. Um, and the sinner, what? So that he could pass it on to Lifnei Elohim. In other words, we know this from the Megillah. That's what happened to Mordechai Ve'ester. Right? Not only does the... So he says, why do he... It sort of implies, why does Hashem uh, give the sinners this urge to amass power and money and influence in order to pass it along eventually for the Yorei Hashem? Wow. Okay. Rabba bar Ufan, as happened obviously in the Megillah. Rabba bar Ufan, Pasachle, Piskal Hai Parshosim Elcha, right? Introduced it like this. Visamti Chisi be Elam, Bavati Misham, Melech Vesarim. I'm going to set my throne in Elam. And from there, I'm going to destroy the king and the princess. Okay, this is in Yermia. What's going on? So, first of all, Melech, Vati Misham, Melech Vesarim. Melech is, first of all, where's Elam? So, this is the last Rashi in Yunaman Beis. Shushan Habir, I sabe Elam. Oh. Because it says in Sefer Daniel, Shushan Abira, Asher Be'elam Medina. Okay, so this is all, so right, timeline, Shushan Abira. So now we know, Melech Zuvashti, Besarim, Zehaman Vaseres Banov. In other words, I'm going to go to Shushan Abira, and that's where I'm going to destroy Vashti and Haman and his kids. Fine. And again, these are all the introductions to show Hashem's involvement, right, in all of our lives and the lessons therein that we're about to learn in the Megillah Esther. Very fascinating. Last lines over here in Yudam and Beis, Revdimi Bar Yitzchak, Pasuch Lapitzchot, Hai Parshosim Mehacha, as we finally arrive at the hopeless time of 6 a.m. to this giant Yudam Aleph, Ahmed Aleph, and we turn on the afterburners. Ahmed Beis is short, but we have to get there to, to, to get the benefits of that. Okay, so it says like this, Paras. Rashi's explaining, says Pasuk Hu Ezra. Okay, so he's saying that we were in, in, slaves, but Hashem hasn't uh, uh, forsaken us, which is Masai Bizman Haman, that we were not forsaken Bizman Haman. Okay. He opened up the Megillah like this. This is in Tehillim. As the Pasuk continues. In other words, right, you mounted. Uh, 
we entered, right, like the crucible, this fire and water, and you made somebody ahead of us, but we got out of it. Right? We recall the kindness uh, to the house of Israel, and all the ends of the earth saw our salvation, right? A, a true good message, right? Hashem is our salvation. So when did this happen? When did all the ends of the earth saw our salvation? Because after all, in the days of Mordechai Esther, right, that was, as we will hopefully see, um, the whole world was ruled by Achashverosh at that time. And therefore, when we had our salvation, the whole world noticed, as they will, Bezat Hashem, soon. This is Mishle. That's why you don't understand a single word. It means a roaring lion and a growling bear, so is a wicked ruler over a poor nation. Okay? What's a roaring lion? A lion rose from the thicket in Yermiyahu, so we see that that is Nebuchadnezzar. Dov What's a bear? Right, bears is achashverosh tchsiv bay because it's written in Daniel. Here's another beast. It looks like a bear. But Tani Yosef, Yosef is explaining that this is the the Persians. Elu parsim shoochlim b'shosim kadov because they eat like bears. Umusurbalim basar kadov. Umusurbalim basar kadov, and they are fleshy like bears. Umegadlin sar kadov, and they're so they're they're hungry, hairy, and fat like bears. And they're always restless. Uh, like, uh, this is a shout out to Matt, whose birthday was this week. The bears. Okay. So the bears, they are just big and, and hairy and they eat. Moshe Russia, a wicked ruler, is a Haman, al Amdal, and the poor nation, El Yisrael. That's Klai Yisrael, Shem Dalim, and Mitzvos. At that time, they were Dalim, and Mitzvos, as we will read, right? They needed Chizuk, certainly. Okay. This is Kohelas. Through laziness, the ceiling gets, Yemach means uh, in this context where the Chaf is, it gets softened, right? And collapses. And when you're idle, the, the house leaks, right? If you're, if you're lazy about house maintenance, it's going to start leaking. What's going on? Like this. Right? The, why did all of this happen? Uh, this beginning of the, the negative beginning of, of Miguel's Esther. Because, Klal Yisrael started getting lazy with Avodah Hashem, and therefore the enemy of Hashem became poor. Right? That's ve'ein mach ani. Mach means soft and means poor. Right? If he's poor, that's right. Poor for assessment. Right? That is from Chumash. It's like Korah, right? Gzeris Tikra. The Tikra is the ceiling. And that is referring to Right, That's in Tehillim, that he makes the upper chambers a roof, right? He can turn the clouds into his upper chambers. Okay. So that's that. Next. There's Rav Nachman Yitzchak. It says, Shira Malos, Lule Hashem Shayalanu Yomar Na Yisrael. Lule Hashem Shayalanu Bekumaleinu Adam. Obviously, this is Tehillim. Uh, had Hashem not been with us, uh, then uh, and, and when a man rose against us, we would have been cooked, so to speak, right? So what do we say? So right, in other words, Hashem was with us. Let's declare it. Adam velo melech. In other words, it says over there, bekumalenu Adam, which is to say that it implies Haman. Why? Because he was an Adam in the sense that he was a civilian, right? Haman of Russia wasn't the king, and yet he rose to such prominence 
that even as a civilian status, albeit an exalted civilian and advisor to Chachafeirosh, he was the one that rose against us. So it was like a right uh, uh, a foreshadowing of the fact that he was going to rise against us and be so effective in doing so. Didn't necessarily have to be the king, the number one in command. It could have been one of the one of his advisors. Okay. So it could come from anywhere, right? Each one of these introductions, we could spend all day explaining what the potential lessons that we could internalize could be, right? So it's very powerful indeed. But we have 17 of them and we have this giant daf. So Rava would open like this. Uh, this is a pasuk in Mishle, when, when the righteous are exalted and people will be happy. And when the wicked rule, the people will sigh. Well, that makes sense. Who is this referring to? Everybody's happy when they're in charge. Right? We see straight up in the Megillah how joyous that was. Right? That was not good when Haman ruled. And that's always true. They think that they're doing good. They're not doing good. They're making everybody depressed. Elohim Kavim, I love. Who, this is in Chumash. Who's the guy that Hashem is close to? Right? Um, in Ravashi Yamar Mahacha, Oh, honey, Sai Elohim. Or has any other God done miracles? These are all Psukim from Chumash that how they just started like that. Oh, honey, Sai Elohim. They said that Pasuk, and you understand that says it all. Nuff said, as we say. Right? In other words, Hashem is in charge. Okay. And, um, fine. So though, that was the 17th. Ravashi had the shortest one. Oh, Nisalokim. That was his intro, and then he would start darshaning. 17 drushas, and now we're ready. So we, so far we've gotten to Vahibi May. You ready to do a little bit more of the Megillah, Barry? Okay, Barry's got it going on. Vahibi May, Achashvirosh, Amarav, Vai, Vihi. What's Vaihi? It's a combination of, of Oive. Right? Hada, Dechsev, Bid Makartem, Shamla, Oivecha, Lavadim, Lishvachos. It doesn't start off as good. It started off as Shreklach, as they say. Right? It's in the Chumash. It says, you were sold to your enemies as slaves. Not good. In other words, I will not be revolted by them and I will not be rejected to destroy them. This is the promise of Hashem to say that he's, he'll be with us no matter what. And let's describe what was the reference in that Pasuk as follows. Lo I won't be revolted to them in the days of the Greeks. And I won't, well, I, nor will I reject them. Obviously, these were, right, the destruction of the first base of Megiddo, destruction of the second base of Megiddo. All these calamities, yeah, you bring in the modern example of the Holocaust, right? You think Hashem is forsaking us, says Hashem? No. I, I know it looks bad, but I'm not forsaking you. The Chalosam be me Haman, and the Chalosam again. It looks like you're being destroyed by Haman. I will not forsake you. La Tam be me Parsim. To break my covenant in the time of the Persians. What happened with the Persians? We just said Haman. Saint Yaakov changes it to Romim. Romim is like right Galus Rome, maybe Galus Edom, maybe it's even referring to these times. Okay, and then right because it goes in order: first base of Mikdash, second base of Mikdash, Yemei Haman, and then perhaps today's day, today's Galus, and then finally Gogumagog, the end of days. So no matter what calamity you survive, and no matter what goal you're in, just know Hashem's got his eye on the ball and he's going to save you. Okay, that's the, that's the message, right? A big message from Megillus Esther. Good. A different interpretation, a little bit of this Pasuk, but Masnisa Tana, and the Bryce was taught like this, Lo Mastim be Kastim. That's first part is referring to the Chaldeans, Shemati Laim Daniel, Chadani Mishal Vazariah. That was when you had the three, right, um, 
the Nevi'im of uh, Daniel, uh, the four Nevi'im, Daniel, Hanani, Mishael, and Azariah, to save them, Gati means the Greek, Shamati, Lahem, Shimon, Atzadik, Hashmanai, Yvonne, Matisya, Kohen, Gadol, there they are, our heroes of Hanukkah. Lechalosam be Haman, and then Lechalosam is Haman, Shamati, Lamordechave, Eser, the heroes of Purim. Lafer biti, Tom, be Parsim. So again, Lafer biti, Tom could mean Parsim. Hafer sounds like Parsim, but it could be meaning Romans. Uh, and again, you could homiletically say, the Romans, yes, Rebbe and Chachme Adoros, or maybe this is like, right, our long extended Golos Edom, where who is, who do we have? We have the Mishnayis, the Amoraim, the Tanaim, the Gedolim, the Rishonim, the Achonim. That's who we have to save us, right? This Gemara that we're reading in our hands today is the equivalent of Mordechai Tzadik of, of Haman's day, you see? These are the Gedolim that we have to help us through it. Ki ani Hashem elokechem lasid lavo. Right? And then it says, lasid lavo, I will be there. She'en kolum avalashin, yuchol lishlot behem. Nobody's going to dominate us forever. Levi, Amar Mahachar. Levi, oh, no, we didn't finish the lectures yet. That was just an extension of what we said before. So Levi said, like he started like this, v'imlot tarishu es yoshvei aretz. This is referring to Shaul and Amalek. There he says, "Naf said." Okay, he says, "Vimloto Rishos Yoshvei Aretz." What's going on? Well, this is Shaul and Amalek. Like we said, you're supposed to drive out the inhabitants of the land. Well, guess what? <laughs> what would Levi want to? Uh, what, what we already quoted Levi earlier, but what did he want to highlight? The fact that guess what? If you have unfinished business like Shaul did, guess what ends up happening years down the road? Amalek turns into Haman, so it's going to come back to bite you. So make sure to do Hashem's will to completion. Okay. And it says, whatever I thought to do to them, I will do to you, uh, and vice versa. Right? Call me Dosef Shalakadosh Baruch Hu is right. Is mida connected mida, so you should watch out for that. Okay, now we're ready to go on. So vahibi may achash veirosh. Okay, amarav. What about achash veirosh? Achiv shel rosh. This is what I was talking to before. He was the brother of the head of the, of the head. Ven gilo shel rosh. Ven gilo sometimes means same age. Sometimes it means the same character. Ven gilo. This is what I meant. Um, the rosh there was Nebuchadnezzar, and it is his brother in arms, his uh, uh, so to speak partner in crime. What does it mean? This is what Gemara explains. Achiv shel rosh, achiv shel Nebuchadnezzar, rosh shnikar rosh. That's what we're talking about. That Achashverosh, by the way, was super wicked. Uh, Chazal say, you know, he seems like he kind of blows with the wind. He may be good, maybe bad in the Miguel Sesta, but that's us kind of covering for him. No, no, no. He was super wicked. He was like Nebuchadnezzar himself. He was a major anti-Semite. This was in reference to Nebuchadnezzar. In Daniel, it says that you're the head of gold. Ben Gilo Shel Rosh. Achashverosh was the same. Why? Make no mistake. He killed. He wanted to kill. He was the major anti-Semite. Nebuchadnezzar destroyed, right? Achashverosh wanted to destroy. Right? Don't forget. In Sefer Ezra, it explains that in the beginning, uh, there was a lot of anti-Semitism that was asked, and it was all under Achashverosh's rule, and he was supportive of it. So he was a big anti-Semit, as my grandmother would call them. Some say that he was called Achashverosh because everybody was like in blackface in those days, that the faces of the Jews became as dark as the bottom of a pot. Another reason why he was called Achashverosh because anybody who, named, who, who would name his name would say Achlarosho, right? Off with his head, okay? 
So, bad dude. Everybody became poor. Because he taxed them so heavily. Okay, so Vahibim. Huh? Correct, right. Ben Gilo, um, Arya Leibowitz had a whole expose on this, what, uh, Ben Gilo and Halacha, uh, and when that is relevant, even uh, Halacha Lamaisa. But Ben Gilo, as Barry points out, can mean that in partner in crime, or it can mean similar age, or it can mean the same mazel, which is another way of saying the same attitude, perhaps, or sometimes it means literally that it had to be somebody born in that mazel. Correct. Where'd you pick this up, Barry? Where'd I pick it up? Yeah, you were learning the Parsha? Yeah. Unbelievable. Barry says exactly what Ari Leibowitz said. Wow, Baruch Shiki, Ari Leibowitz should say Baruch Shekivanti LeBarry. He quoted this exact idea. Barry is uh, saying this past, past week's Parsha is called Mavakar Chola because we were Mavakar Yaakov, right, on, on his deathbed. Call him Mavakar Chola. You take away a 60th of his, of, of his Machala. And, and they say that's only if you're a Ben Gila. What does that mean? So one way of interpreting it, it makes sense, right? Like if you're, if you're in your, on your, so to speak, deathbed and like a 20-year-old comes, you have no, nothing, no shaykhs, right? But if somebody your age comes, that is consoling because then you're sort of uh, commiserating, so to speak. So it could mean age, but we say that it could mean the mazel, that it have to be the same mazel, it has to do with only if you're in the same mazel are you taking away a 60th of the machla. Wow, Barry, unbelievable. Good call. So yeah, I'm going to call Rabari Leibowitz Blinether and, and tell him that he was mechavin to you. Okay. Right. But in this context, Ben Gil could mean mazel, but we see he has the same attitude. Very good. Okay, so now you're ready to continue with, with Barry. We're never going to get out of the first pasuk uh, this, in this read. Okay. Hu achashverosh. Ba'ibim achashverosh. Hu achashverosh. What do you mean, hu achashverosh? Hu rabirishosom itchilosovet sofa. Ah. The Gemara is going to say, anytime it says hu, it means he was the essence uh, for, uh, this was like through and through. He was a Russia through and through, beginning to end. Just like we say, who Asaf, who Asaf was end to end. Not really. At the end, he did Shuvah, didn't he? Okay, we'll get to that. Who Dasan Vaviram? We say Dasan Vaviram. Hainberi Shasan Mitchilasan Vatsofan. Dasan Vaviram also were Shaim through and through. Who Melech Achaz? And the King Achaz also was, as we said, bad dude. Who Berishom Mitchilasan Vatsofan? However, we also say by Avram, who? Avram, who Avram? Well, he wasn't wicked through and through at all. Well, no, they're saying the word who doesn't necessarily mean wicked. It just means he was through and through, all the way through from beginning to end, right, head to toe, uh, whatever it was that he was. So in the case of Avram, he was head to toe, a tzaddik. Who are in Moshe? Similarly, ain't bitzitkason mitchlasim v'atzovim. Head to toe tzadikim. The David who hakaton. So we say David who hakaton. So sometimes you ascribe the through and throughness to something else. So David was always a katan in this context is humility, as the Gemara says. Who bekatnuso mitchlasim v'atzovo. He was humble to the end. Kishem shebekatnuso hiktin atzmo etzol misha gadol mei nevatar. That's amazing, right? To be humble when you're David Melech Yisrael chayv kayam is quite an, an accomplishment. When he was the right uh, unloved son or whatever. So then that made sense. But even later, just like when he was young, he 
humbled himself before who was greater than him in Torah, so too, even once he was king, he humbled himself before who, that he which was greater than him in Chachma, as you remember at the very beginning of Maseches Brachas, the Gemara's with Achitofel, right? Or you can remember it from Navi as well if you want, um, how David was uh, actually humbled himself before right, the Chachamim. Okay, so now the Megillah says, Hamolech, who Achashverosh Hamolech, he ruled. Amarav Shemalach Meatzmo. What does it mean Hamolech? Hamolech is he took the throne by himself. This could be a good or a bad thing, as the Gemara says. Amilei Lishvach, Amilei Lignai. Some will say this is a praise. Some will say this is not. This is Lignai. Amilei Lishvach or criticism, right? Amilei Lishvach. Those who praise him say, "Dulava Inish Nachashiv Lamalka Kavasei," right? Because there was. In other words, nobody had to appoint him. He was self-appointed. So that could be a good or a bad thing. means he was self-appointed because he rose to the top, right, on his own. He didn't need to be appointed because it was obvious. Or you could say it uh, derogatory. Yeah, because there's a reason why he wasn't appointed. Because he wasn't Roy. Right? He wasn't fit for the kingship. Rather, he bribed his way to the top. Okay. So now we have Hamolech. How about Mehoduvat Kush? What was the extent of Achashverosh's rule? The whole world. Rav Shmuel Chadam Arhodu Besofarolam Bechush Besofarolam Bechadam Arhodu Bechush Gabi Hadadi Hakaimi. Fascinating machlokas that Rav Shmuel have with regards to several places. Rav says that Hodu and Kush means from one end to the other, and Shmuel says that just like Hodu and Kush are next to each other, so too and centralized. So that kind of central control that he had over those two areas where he was near, he had that control that over the entire world. How could it be that they have a machlokas and mitzias where the Hodun and Kush are as far apart as the end of the earth or next to each other? So I don't know, Barry. Maybe it's an international dateline issue. Wherever they, like it's like it's like the Chazonish's view on Japan and Sing, and uh, and mainland China, where there's a line in between them, and so even though they're close, they're on the other opposite ends of the earth, right? Because the earth is a globe. Uh, anyway, so Gavi Hadadi Avikaimi, Kashem Shemalach Al Hodu Kush Kach Malach Misofa Alone and so forth. Just like he had right real control on Hodu and Kush that was that were close together, so too he ruled the whole world. Kiyotza B'Davar Taomer. So we're going to see the Machlokas here again. Kihu Rodei B'Cholever Anar Mitivsach V'Adaza. This is Malachim Aleph talking about Shlomo Melach that he ruled the whole world. Barav Shmuel Chadam Artivsach B'Sofa Alone V'Alza B'Sofa Alone. So so too here. Same Machlokas. One says that Tivsach and and Aza are on opposite ends of the earth. That they're next to each other. Same machlokas, right? That we have by Tifsach and Aza as we do by Hodu and Kush. Be that as it may, what they both agree on is that they rolled over the whole world. Okay. What's 127? It grew from 7 to 20 to 100. That's why it says it like that. Right, we have it by by sorry, Menu, not for now, right? But again, an equivalency, sort of like a progression. Elameata, Ushne Chaye Amram, or you can bring Chaye Amram. Ooh, we're getting uh, right. This is this is like that. Uh, Fiomi coincidence here, beautiful. Sheva Ushloshim Mashana. So we know that Amram was one hundred and thirty-seven uh, years old. So my Darshas Bay, what drusha would you have? It's fascinating. It doesn't bring Sarah because we do have a drusha for Sarah. <laughs> Imenu, but be that as it may. For Amram, we don't have a drasha. And therefore, it's, it can't mean this because you darshan it differently when it says Amram in the same way. Vesheva ushloshim umeas. So it says the Gemara, no. Shiny hacha dekariyaseirahu. Now, here, it's an extraneous pasuk. That's why. Because we knew he ruled over the whole earth. So why do we need 127? 
That's why we know that we need to darshan. And Amram is just saying his age as follows: We already say that he ruled the whole world. Why do I need to say one in twenty-seven? the drasha for the drasha. Fine. How many rulers has historically ruled the entire world? Those were the only rulers to rule the entire world. So I said, what about Alexander the Great? Because I learned from Rabbi David Katz that he ruled the whole world. Tosfos, bottom left, not a usual place, it's tucked away, asks that kasha, and he says, do you see it in the bottom left? Anyway, he asks the kasha, and he says, Alexander the Great, do you see Shlosha? Little Tosfos tucked in there? Bottom left? Yeah. <laughs> he says, why not Alexander the Great? Well, because he wasn't mentioned in the Psukim. These are the ones that are mentioned in the Psukim that ruled the whole world. Right? This is a, this is Ovad Yahu is telling Aliyah Navi that he looked for him all over the world. Right? If Achav didn't rule the whole world, how could he have made him promise he's going to look all over the world? Maybe you don't have a passport to go all over? Elamai has to be, he ruled over everywhere. Fine. There was nobody, right, which didn't serve Nebuchadnezzar. He could put, uh, he could put a yoke on your neck no matter where you were. And Achashverosh, Adam, and Achashverosh, as we said, Whew, I can't believe we made it to Yadalaf on the base. That's, that was a giant one. And now we have slender lines. We're good, doing good now. Here we go. We have the mnemonic, Simon Shastach. And we say the following, Vesuleika. This mnemonic is other rulers that we think ruled over the whole world. Only those three? What about Shlomo? Vaika Shlomo Melech? No. Says the Gemara, Losalek Malchusei. Shlomo Melech's rule was not completed. Why? A fascinating thing you may not have known. That some are of the opinion that he became a civilian. First Rashi of uh, first line. Lo hishlim lachuso sherei nitrad in Maseches Gittin. You got to go to Gittin, see what happened over there in Samaches, and see that Shlomo Melech's reign was disrupted. Anich lemandam Melech vehedyot. Lemandam Melech vehedyot Melech Ma'ikal Meimar. So that's the machlokus in Gittin. Did he become a civilian and then regain his throne, or did he just become a civilian and retire? So if you say he retired, so then you could say that's why he's not included in the list. So, but what are you going to say according to he who said that he reinstated? Says the Gemara, no. Not that he was less, he was more. Says the Gemara, Shlomo Havabe. He was a different animal altogether. Because we're only counting kings that rule the earth. Well, guess what? Shlomo Melch ruled the heavens and the earth. He was able to already rule all the shadim and all the everything. He had Nigla and Nistar. He had it all covered. That's a, he was like on a different level than all these other kings. And therefore, he doesn't belong in this other list simply because he was greater than them. Wow. Okay, fine. Vav Sancher, right? We have Shasdach. What about Sancher? Which of the gods of the land saved their... It sounds like he, he uh, conquered everything. Says the Gemara, no. He conquered everything except for Yerushalayim. And therefore, he did not conquer everything. Now we're going to go with Darius and Cyrus. Can't forget Darius and Cyrus Schwartz, the twins that went to Hank with me. Why are the parents named them Darius and Cyrus? I don't know, but they're awesome guys. They live in uh, the Gush now, I think. Okay. Why don't we understand what any of these words mean? Because Daniel and it's Aramaic. Anyway. Darius said to all the people, languages of the earth, all the peace should multiply. It sounds like he's talking to anybody. The Gemara says, yeah, he's talking to almost everybody. However, there are seven kingdoms where he didn't rule. Ah, you see that? Dar Yavash ruled over how many? Medinos. 
Well, you're leaving out seven, and therefore he didn't roll over everything. I see that Bruce Luchansky is here, and therefore out of respect, uh, no disrespect to you guys, but I will stop here so that we can start our uh, davening. And we are about a third-ish way down Yudal from Bays, but Zat Hashem, we will continue to darshan the Megillus Esther tomorrow. Barry.